It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. We're live right now, breaking down the Panthers-Steelers game. If you ever miss a live episode or any live breaking news there on the Locked On Panthers YouTube channel, it's okay. You can always check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast just be sure to rate review and subscribe so you never miss a single episode and be sure to follow me julian council on twitter at julian council where every single friday i answer your weekly friday mailbag questions here on the show to participate in this week's edition of the weekly friday mailbag on locked on panthers either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NFL. The Carolina Panthers, 16. The Pittsburgh Steelers, 24. The Panthers. Playoff hopes take a hit against the worst team that was remaining on their schedule if you go by point differential. As I told Joel leading up to this week, I felt like this potentially could be a trap game. Pittsburgh lost a heartbreaker last week to the Baltimore Ravens. Their playoff hopes are now dead. They came in this game with really nothing to play for other than pride and preserving Mike Tomlin's over 500 record as Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. This was a game the Carolina Panthers, I felt like, should win considering that Pittsburgh is not a good team. And we've known the Carolina Panthers also at 5-8 aren't a great team, but they have played much better 
over the course of the last month, and especially since Steve Wilkes took over as the interim head coach. They played great defense. They ran the football well. That's what the Panthers did. And it's not really difficult to break down what went wrong for the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. They lost this game at the line of scrimmage. Steve Wilkes talks all the time about how it starts up front, both defensively and offensively, and on both sides of the ball at the line of scrimmage, the Carolina Panthers got whipped repeatedly by the Pittsburgh Steelers this this afternoon. The Panthers couldn't run the ball, 21 21 yards on 16 carries. That's good for 1.3 yards per carry. Their longest run in the afternoon was five yards. They couldn't stop the run. Gave up 157 yards rushing, and as Steve Wilkes said after the game, that's not good enough. And then the worst part of the game on Sunday, couldn't get off the field on third down. Pittsburgh was 12 of 16 on third down, including five of the conversions by Deontay Johnson, who cooked Keith Taylor repeatedly on the afternoon. Keith Taylor, who's the Panthers' fourth or fifth cornerback, was terrible all Sunday long. And that is just a product of of Dante Jackson being out for the rest of the season, C.J. Henderson going out early of an injury. This is what happens when you have a depleted secondary at the play guys like Keith Taylor who should not be getting this kind of snaps throughout a game. So when that happens, he gets in a position where Deontay Johnson's playing well. You can say, hey, why don't you put J.C. Horn over there? Okay, that means then Keith Taylor has to go defend George Pickens, and we saw how that happened early on in the first half. So the Panthers were hurt by the depleted secondary, but they could not run the ball, couldn't stop the run, couldn't get off the field on third down. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, on every single one of their drives, they were marches as far as their scoring drives. 12 plays, 67 yards for 700 – or sorry, seven minutes and six minutes – or sorry. 12 plays, 67 yards, seven minutes, six seconds. That was their first touchdown drive. Then 10 plays, 75 yards, 552 off the clock on that drive. And then right out the half, 21 plays – 91 yards and 11.43 taken off the clock. And if you include that 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty by Deontay Johnson for taunting the Panthers, it was really 106 yards gained on that drive by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Five third-down conversions alone on that touchdown drive. And in the final scoring drive, which led to a field goal late in the game, Pittsburgh 13 plays, 43 yards, took 5.11 off the clock. So every single one of their scoring drives were marches, over 10-plus plays, taking up over five minutes of the clock, each and every one of them, and that's why the Panthers lost. Couldn't get off the field, could not even get after Mitch Trubisky, who was only sacked one time by Frankie Luvu. Brian Burns also got the pressure on that play, but only one sack of a quarterback who struggles with pressure, who threw three interceptions last week, not being able to cause him any sort of stress and force him into a turnover, did not help the Panthers' chances of winning this game either. And Sam Darnold got off to a hot start, 6 of 7, uh, for 93 yards on his first seven passes, including a touchdown. And the rest of the way, it was kind of more up and down. But still, I thought Sam Darnold played well enough to win this football game. He was 14 of 23, 225 yards, a touchdown. Now he was sacked four times. We saw Kiaquano get beat badly by Alex Highsmith, the Charlotte 49er alum. And we saw other guys like Bradley Bozeman also give up a back-to-back sack on that play, um, on that drive, where he was beaten badly by Cam Hayward. Now the Panthers were bailed out on that drive by the one of the weirdest and sporting likes you'll see, one of the uh, – Pittsburgh Steelers players was in the Panthers' huddle, so that leads to a 15-yard penalty. And the Panthers still only settle for a field goal on that drive. And it doesn't help that Ben McAdoo's out here calling quarterback draws on third and eight. Don't quite understand why he would be doing that, but it's not a surprise considering we've seen how poor the play calling has been all season long. But this game's not really on Ben McAdoo. This game is on the Panthers not being able to win at the line of scrimmage, which is what cost him the game. So 
They did all the things that they needed to do the past couple weeks was stop, was run the football well with Deontay Foreman. We saw Chuba Hubbard last week, Raheem uh, Blackshear. That's how they won the game. The offensive line has been tremendous for the better part of the most of the season. But today, they were terrible because they 1.3 yards per carry, guys. Gave up four sacks. They weren't good enough. And the offensive line and the defense, which really have carried this team since Wilkes has taken over, if they have a bad game, this team has no chance of winning, even when Sam Darnold, like I said, has a pretty solid game. Terrace Marshall made some great plays. DJ Moore did his thing after being a question mark throughout the week with that ankle injury, and Sam was good enough. But the offensive line was not good enough. The defensive line was not good enough in defense as a whole, especially one player in Keith Taylor in the secondary, were not good enough for the Carolina Panthers to get this win on this afternoon against Pittsburgh, a team that was like Carolina, 5-8, and eight, but a team that had little to play for, and the Panthers were coming off of back-to-back wins, a huge win on the road against Seattle, feeling good all week long, talking about protect the bank. And Steve Wilkes didn't really want to get ahead of himself as far as talking about playoffs, and he said after the game, I don't want to hear anyone in this building talking about playoffs, especially after the way that he played, that's how they played on Sunday, and he certainly looked ticked off in that press conference seeing that his team got beaten in the line at the line of scrimmage, which is basically his calling card as a tough coach, as a guy who wants to win that way. And Carolina Panthers were not able to win that way on Sunday, and now they sit here at 5-9 and nine and needing Cincinnati or Arizona or Atlanta to step up and beat Tampa Bay so the Panthers can also take care of business in a couple of weeks. If that doesn't happen, then the Panthers will yet again miss out on the playoffs. So we'll look at the updated playoff picture here in the NFC South in just a moment, here on Locked on Panthers. But before we do that, this episode of Locked on Panthers is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy. Unfortunately, life does not come with a user manual, so when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes the therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, secure, and accessible anywhere, 100% online. Everyone deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. All the benefits of in-person therapy, plus it's more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. It, if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. This episode of Locked on Panthers is also brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. In jobs these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the quali- the best qualified candidates available. That's why when you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. And once you do, make sure to add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Now, when talking about the Carolina Panthers' chances of being NFC South champions and going to the playoffs, I told y'all that not only did they need to win on the road 
against Seattle and do something they had not done all year long, which was win back-to-back games. And, of course, one on the road. They hadn't done that since November of last year at Arizona when they beat the Cardinals uh, with Cam Newton coming back, and the Cardinals didn't have Kyler Murray in that game. They hadn't won back-to-back games since they beat New Orleans in week two of last season and then followed up with a Thursday night win on the road against Houston Texans. So it was great that they were to do that. And that was the message all week long from Steve Wilkes coming out of the bye that we need to do something we have not done all season long, that we need to go out there, one on the road, piece together back-to-back wins. And when they did that, it was all well and good. I was excited. Of course, everyone was. The vibes around here were positive. But for me to really buy into this team being a serious playoff threat was that they needed to go on the road, come back home rather, and beat a bad Pittsburgh Steelers team that lost a heartbreaker the week before to the Baltimore Ravens down to their third-string quarterback and the Pittsburgh Steelers team that could not get off the field in terms of stopping the run. And that's what's disappointing about this. Where, again, the Panthers, 21 yards on 16 carries. Pittsburgh just gave up over 200 yards rushing to Baltimore last week. The Panthers have been a good rushing team when they've won. They've been a good rushing team even in some of the losses, like the loss at Atlanta early on in this season. I would have thought, Pittsburgh, who was the worst rushing defense team in the league last year, top 10 at one point, but they've fallen back to 15. I would have thought the Panthers should have been able to run for over 100 yards today. Now, it's not surprising that Pittsburgh came out with the philosophy of, hey, we're going to try and load the box, and we want Sam Darnold to go out there and beat him. And Sam Darnold certainly, I thought, played well enough to where the Panthers could have ran the football. Then they could have won this football game. Now, Sam, yes, missed a couple throws. That's going to happen. Hasn't turned the ball over, which is a positive still. But he was good enough, in my opinion, had the Panthers had a running game, then it would be balanced on offense that they could have won this football game. So for me, they really needed to show up after winning a big game on the road, winning back-to-back, and beat Pittsburgh today for me to really take them seriously as a playoff threat here in the NFC South. Now, here's the thing, though, because with all that being said, not much really has changed depending on what's happening here to my left as I have the Bengals – Bucks game on, and Tampa Bay currently is up 3-0 at home. It's only the first quarter. If Tampa loses to Cincinnati, then the Panthers are still only one game back, and if they win the rest of their games, they're then NFC South division champions. Now, the problem, though, is by losing to Pittsburgh, you now no longer have full control of whether you go to the playoffs or not. You need Tampa Bay to lose twice, either the Cincinnati today or at Arizona or at, or at Atlanta. Of course, Carolina has to win at Cincinnati. Or, sorry, at Tampa Bay. And as I had told you all throughout the week, the Panthers could still go 3-1 and one and go to the playoffs, but they need to make sure they choose the right games to lose. And if they're going to lose a game, Pittsburgh is a game they could lose. Next week against Detroit is a game that they could have lost. Now, they couldn't lose at New Orleans or at Tampa Bay, of course, because those are divisional games. And as far as Atlanta goes, Atlanta losing to the Saints today on Sunday. They're now 5-9. and nine. They're, of course, still tied with the Panthers at 5-9, but they're 1-4 in the division. The Carolina Panthers would have a division tiebreaker over the Atlanta Falcons, so Atlanta really not a team to worry about. New Orleans, Carolina gets to play them again. If they beat them, of course, the Panthers have that tiebreaker and they'd have a better record than New Orleans. Really, the team you're still concerned about is Tampa Bay, who, again, is playing at home against Cincinnati as I record this podcast at 448 on a Sunday afternoon, following the Panthers 24-16, lost to Pittsburgh. They have at Arizona, but it's hard to see them losing to the Cardinals considering that Kyler Murray's out for the rest of the season and the Cardinals also stink. Tampa stinks too, but the Cardinals really in a bad place right now after losing Kyler Murray to that ACL injury earlier this week. And in Atlanta, started Desmond Ritter. That didn't go well. They lost that game. I know it's on the road. But I would expect that Tampa probably should 
win those two games, especially when Tom Brady's still the quarterback. Yes, they're the worst rushing team in the league, but those are two games that they should win. And what Carolina did today was they took all the advantage that they had in their hands of being able to just win out, be 9-8, and eight, be division champs. Now, they can still be 8-9 and nine division champs, as I broke down earlier, and I just told y'all. But losing this game, it sucks because you're sitting here hoping that Cincinnati does what they should do. Now, if Cincinnati doesn't do it, I have no idea what's going to happen. Of course, plenty of you watching or listening to this show are going to check it out after the result of this game. I would expect the Bengals to win. And if that happens, then okay, fine. Just win your last three. But it's still hard to really buy in considering – this what was at stake at home, and I don't care how many Steeler fans are in there, and Steve Wilkes said as much as he doesn't care about that. He's focused on his team. But the formula we know to win is defense and running the ball, and other teams are going to know that. Now, Detroit, they're not a great defensive team, but they went out there and won a big game on Sunday against the Jets where Greg Zerline field goal is just absolutely shanked from 58 yards, and they won six out of seven. So you got a hot Lions team, a Lions team that I thought if the Panthers were going to lose the game in the last four weeks of the season, that was the most likely opponent to beat them. Of course, Tampa can beat them. Of course, the ones can beat them. Of course, Pittsburgh can beat them. But I felt like the most likely loss, if they were going to be an eight and nine division champ, was going to be against the Detroit Lions, who just like, Tam- just like Carolina next week are going to be playing for their playoff lives. Now we've got the Commanders and the Giants playing as far as the wild card goes, and one of those teams is going to lose, which then helps Detroit. So that's a hot football team coming in here on Saturday on Christmas Eve that the Panthers are now going to have to deal with who have a, a very good offense. Probably the best offense – I mean, definitely the best offense they're going to see over the last couple weeks of the season because Pittsburgh doesn't have a great offense, but yet they were able to do whatever they wanted pretty much marching down the field uh, those four, on those four scoring drives at 10-plus plays. And Tampa – they're not a great offense. We've already seen what the Carolina Panthers did against them. And then Andy Dalton's a freaking quarterback for New Orleans. So the biggest test I thought remaining was going to be on Saturday coming up against Detroit. But instead, you lose, you lose to Pittsburgh today, and now you're hoping that Tampa loses and that you can still be able to beat a good Lions team, which is crazy to say a 7-7 seven seven Lions team is a good Lions team, but that's a good Lions team. I was peeking a little bit uh, at that Jets game today trying to see what they were doing just to know what the Panthers were up against. And that's going to be a tough out next Saturday or on Saturday. Then at Tampa, at New Orleans, it's uh, it's just a bummer because as soon as you get excited, get hyped up about this team, about what they could do, they basically lay an egg against a team that is no good. And now Mike Tomlin and Steve Wilkes went out here earlier in the week and talked about you know the kind of a, a Mike Tomlin coach team and how at all three levels they have good players. You talked about Cameron Hayward who had a great sack earlier in that game. I mean, he talked about. T.J. Watt, who, of course, he got a sack. He talked about Minka Fitzpatrick. He talked about how good this team can be, how physical they can be defensively, which we saw firsthand this afternoon. And he didn't take him lightly. I don't know. I don't think the team took him lightly. I don't know what happened, but they did not answer the bell like they had the last couple weeks and be able to stop the run and being physical and being able to match up against a team that really the identity of Pittsburgh is that physicality. And the Panthers, that's what the identity that we had thought they had built over the last eight, nine weeks that did not play out this afternoon, and now it's kind of like, all right, sit here, hope Tampa Bay loses, and then hope that you can regroup on a short week and come back on Saturday and be a Lions team that is red hot and that certainly I would think is probably going to be favored in that game. They just won a big road game. You think they're going to be concerned about coming down here to Carolina where I don't even know where the, the fan base is going to be as far as uh, their excitement as far as attendance to on that Christmas Eve game coming up here later on this week. So we'll see how that plays out. But the Panthers still alive. They can still be 8-9, and nine, still can win out as long as Tampa Bay loses two games, either to Cincinnati, Arizona, or Atlanta being the other opponents, of course, playing Carolina 
at home uh, in week 17. Now, as far as Steve Wilkes' status as a head coach goes, I know people are going to be wondering, does this hurt his chances? I don't really think that's the case, considering like there's still three games left to go, and David Tepper should still evaluate everything that is out there in totality once the season is over. So we can talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before we do, let's talk about our friends over at Prize Picks. So how does Prize Picks work? You pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to ten times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport you can watch. This includes the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA Tour, college football, men's and women's college basketball, soccer as the World Cup is over. Messi finally getting that World Cup trophy for Argentina. Got eSports, NASCAR, cricket and so much more entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy safe and fast withdrawals currently operational in over 30 states in canada download the price picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match with the 100 with promo code locked on if you deposit 100 price picks will give you 100 if you deposit 50 price picks will give you 50 don't forget to enter promo code locked on it's time to sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 dollars when you download the PricePix app, go to pricepix.com today. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or... Could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, Dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. As I said at the top of the show, honestly, there's really not that much to say. The Panthers lose a game that you thought going into it, at least I thought going into it, that's a game that they should win. That's a game that they need to win so that they can control their destiny, their fate, whatever, as far as it goes with the playoffs because they would have won last if they went out, had won four, six straight, four in a row. At the end of the year, the Panthers would then be NFC South Division title champs and they would be hosting a playoff game on MLK K-Day weekend, like against the Dallas Cowboys who lost in overtime to Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, who are now kind of fighting their way back in the AFC South as the Titans are kind of falling off uh, there recently. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's simple as this, guys. They lost the game with the line of scrimmage. There's really not all that much that needs to be said about this game. Couldn't run the ball. Couldn't stop the run. Couldn't get up the field on third down. The injuries in the secondary hurt them, and Pittsburgh controlled the line of scrimmage and time of possession, which was – just I, have, I haven't even looked at the time of possession stats because just going over some of the drives that they had, you know that it was severely on Pittsburgh's side. And it's not like the Panthers' offense was going out there and going three and out like we became accustomed to under the previous coaching staff here in Carolina. But Pittsburgh wins the line of screw, wins the uh, time of possession battle, rather, 36-11. So 36 minutes and 11 seconds. Carolina had it for 23-49. Can't win that way. And Pittsburgh also 12 of 16 again on third down. They had 12 third down. 
conversions. The Panthers had 12 total first downs. Pittsburgh ran 68 plays. The Panthers ran 43 plays for 209 yards, 4.9 yards per play. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers only had 4.8 yards per play, but they also had uh, 325 yards, which, uh, you know, way more than Carolina. But it's not like they were going out there and their their offense was great. They just were able to uh, hold on to the football, move it down the field, and actually punch it in the end zone. Uh, looking at the red zone, Carolina one for three in the red zone. Pittsburgh three for three. So a multitude of stats you can look at that tell you that tell the story of this game. But really, none of them more so. Just them breaking it down and saying they lost they lost the line of scrimmage today, which is why they lost to Pittsburgh. Now, as far as C. Wilkes goes and whether he'll still get a great opportunity, have an opportunity to be the Panthers head coach, I don't think like this loss um, alone has that big of an impact. The team is now 4 and 5 under Wilkes. Again, if Pittsburgh or sorry, not Pittsburgh, I keep saying the wrong teams today. If Tampa loses either Cincinnati or Atlanta or Arizona along with losing to Carolina, they get two more losses over the last 4 weeks of the season and Carolina wins out, the Panthers will be in the playoffs. Steve Wilkes will win a division and he would have gone 7 and 5 since taking over for Matt Rule. If Steve Wilkes wins the division, takes his team to the playoffs, he absolutely should be the Carolina Panthers head coach. I'll also say this, that David Tepper still needs to cast a wide net and talk to as many people as possible, no matter what happens the rest of the way. Like, of course, if Steve Wilkes is able to win the last three games of the season, they get some help, and the Panthers go and win the Super Bowl, then no duh, he's going to be the head coach moving forward. I could not understand. I could not see a scenario where that's not the case. Now, we already did see last year, which Rich Passaccia taking over when John Gruden was fired in Las Vegas with the Raiders, that they did not hire him that being the owner out there in Las Vegas, uh, what, Mark Davis didn't didn't hire Bisaccia, which, hell, that hasn't worked out for them well, as Josh McDaniel is a terrible head coach in the National Football League. So I'd love for Steve Wilkes to actually get a true second opportunity here in the NFL. <coughs> but the next three weeks are really going to decide that more than this week. Of course, you can look back on it after the season is over and point to the loss in Cincinnati as an embarrassing moment. This loss as what really hurt them. And I know Wilkes put it on himself at the end of the game. He's saying, like, hey, this is on me, our preparation. I, I don't really know how you can blame Wilkes for the loss. The player's got to execute. The offensive line that's been great has to do a better job. He talked about the run fits. The linebackers have to play better. Like Shaq Thompson, who, again, has over 100 yards, uh, 100 tackles this season. Shaq Thompson's got – I mean, he's, he's, he's doing well. I mean, Frankie Louvre, they've done well, but they got to do better today. And they did not play well enough. You can look at the stats. They, just, they weren't good enough. Um, today in the secondary with Keith Taylor wasn't great, but that's just the byproduct of injuries. So I don't know how much you can really put on Wilkes other than the fact that it's his team, but his team didn't go out there and execute. Now it's kind of the same stuff we said earlier on in the season. Um, when even Matt rules head coach, like these guys got executed in a game that they knew was important and they knew they had to come back and follow up a big one in Seattle. They laid an egg. And that was one of my concerns early on in the week saying this was a trap game. If there's even really trap games in the NFL, um, but Pittsburgh played like a team that had a lot more to play for than Carolina did um, on Sunday afternoon, which is certainly concerning. And, again, it will all be evaluated at the end of the season. We don't need to make any sort of, you know, snap judgments or decisions on whether Steve Wilkes should be the head coach based off of one game, week-to-week league, can't get too high, can't get too low. I say this all the time. And for folks last week who are saying, hey, go ahead, rip off the uh, interim tag and make him the permanent head coach, how would you feel right now had that been the case? You probably wouldn't feel all great, all that great about it. Had that been the case. Now, Steve Wilkes still, you think about, hey, the offensive line, they're improved. Now, they didn't play. It's definitely their worst game of the season. But good offensive line overall. You give them a new quarterback. 
bring in some other key free agents, give him the full offseason to really, you know, build this team into what he wants it to look like, what could he do? Well, you would love to see what that happen, see that happen, but he's got to be able to win the next three weeks and get this team to the playoffs for me to really think he's going to have a chance here in Charlotte, unfortunately. Because I think if he doesn't go to the playoffs, I then David Tepper's probably like, well, hey, Steve, you did a great job. I'd love for you to stay here in some sort of role, but I don't want you as my head coach. That's just kind of how I see it playing out. And I guess one other thing I'll point out here too is it's not the same, but you can go back to that 2018 season when – Pittsburgh and Carolina played on a Thursday night game, and David Tepper's there, you know, with the Rooney family, who he was a co-owner with, or he's, a, I mean, a minority owner with them, and he was embarrassed by that beatdown. Now, this was not a beatdown at all. Now, in a way, it was, but as far as the scoreline, it wasn't. And from that point on, David Tepper kind of didn't feel the warm and fuzzies towards Ron Rivera, who he eventually fired with four weeks left in the season in 2019. Is that going to be the same case now moving forward with Steve Wilkes? I would hope not, but I look at this as a game as David Tepper – Former Pittsburgh guy would want to win a game that the Panthers needed to win, and he's also going to look at his stadium, which is really his own damn fault, the amount of terrible towels that are in there. And it's also what happens every time Pittsburgh comes to town. But you wonder if that's going to sit with him, and he's going to think, okay, well, we lost to Pittsburgh, a game that we needed to win, and I'm tired of losing Pittsburgh as the owner of this team, so maybe I don't want this to be my head coach. Just things that could go through his mind. I have no idea what he's thinking. But I've, as I've said in the past, it's hard for me to trust that David Tepper's going to get this higher right. That's why I was just hoping that Steve Wilkes could keep on winning, get this team to the playoffs, and make it an absolute no-brainer that he deserved to be the head guy moving forward here in Carolina for however long uh, deemed worthy, I guess. So it's a tough loss. You can rebound. You can regroup. The Lions game, it's, that's their season right there. It's basically the Lions season as well, but it's absolutely Carolina season because you lose that game. It does not matter what happens over the next two weeks after that, whether you win in Tampa, win at New Orleans. I don't see the Panthers still being in the NFC South playoff race or title race with a 7-10 and 10 record. 8-9, and nine, that's it. They had a little margin for error. They lost it. They lost it today. They have none of it moving forward, but you use it against Pittsburgh Steelers team against instead of a Lions team that you would have thought would have been the more likely of the two losses in your home games remaining. You failed to protect the bank. You failed to continue to build off of that momentum that you had taken from the win against Denver at home before the bye and then came out of the bye in winning convincing fashion in Seattle last week. So that's where we're at with the Carolina Panthers. And honestly, I don't know how many of us are really all that surprised considering we've kind of gotten used to this, this team letting us down right when we start to believe, start to have hope that, hey, this could be it. This could be it. We'll see, though. I'm, I'm not giving up hope, but I got to beat, beat Detroit. That is very obvious at this point in time. All right, well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Uh, check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just rate, review, subscribe. Um, so you never miss an episode there. And follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where uh, every Friday, answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. Either at me or DM me. There on Twitter at Julian Council to participate. In the meantime, be happy, be whole, be safe. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you on Tuesday as we continue to break down the Panthers' loss and what is ahead for this team as they hope to win out and be NFC South Division title champs. Until then, goodbye.
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.